0: the apex church podcast thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today Have you ever looked back on a moment in your life and either thought, I missed the opportunity or I regret what I did in that moment? Anybody? Oh, come on, church. Anyone? You ever done that? Right, let me give you for instance. I remember taking out a credit card when I was young. Boy, if I could go back to that moment and not have taken out that card, that would have saved me a little bit of heartache over a few years. That, that, that would have been good. I remember jogging. Now, and probably needs a bit more context. Uh, I, I remember one specific run. I was running. I was running a lot. And I was out for a run in my lunch break. I was out for a run. I was just doing a, a cheeky five-miler. It might have been two, right? And I was doing this run. And about halfway through, and I'm, I'm living at that point in a part of London that I won't name. And, and I, the pain came in my back so sharp, my first thought was that I'd been shot. That was my first thought. I collapsed to the floor reached for my back, and it was fine. And I was like, what was that? So stood up. But what happened was a bone spur had caught on another bone in my back. That run cost me 12 months of being able to walk and move. The number of times I thought if I'd only just eaten something unhealthy that lunchtime, I would have been healthier for 12 months. It's incredible, isn't it? When we look back at moments, people have moments like the guy who didn't sign the Beatles because he thought there wasn't enough space for that kind of band in the world. Or the guy who owned IBM and made this incredible statement, there is only space for six or seven computers in the whole world. That's a guy without vision. Your company sells computers and you think you can sell six or seven, in the globe. I guess if you look back, there are moments you look back on and you think, I'd have done that different. Or there was an opportunity you did take and you can track back to it and say, taking that opportunity absolutely transformed my life. When we bought our first house in that same place in London, we bought that house and it was a massive stretch for us. But because we did that then, we live where we do now. If we hadn't taken what was a difficult opportunity we wouldn't have had the miracle moment that we live in today. It is amazing how we can look back at something and see it in the light of what it became, not what it was. Because we look at our today opportunities in the light of what they are. And we all have them, those happy moments, those brilliant moments. The things we look back on and go, oh, I wish I had never. And the things that I wish I had. But the reality is this, you are where you are now. And any wishing is not gonna transform what did or didn't happen. But God this morning, I believe, wants to set you free from looking back at what could have been or should have been, so that you can see what will be and can be. That shift has gotta happen in our hearts and it's gotta happen in our heads. But let me tell you this. Firstly, it's gotta happen in your spirit. You see, it doesn't happen because you work it out. It happens because you receive something from God as a word of faith. So I'm believing this morning as we open the Bible, God is gonna drop a word of faith into your life that means all those opportunities, moments that you think were the miss, actually you realize something else was going on in the midst of that, that God is doing. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse eight. I'm gonna read you a few verses before we start to talk about this. Isaiah 64 verse eight says this, yet you, Lord, are our father. Thank God, just thank God for that. Thank God that he chooses to be intimately involved in your life and my life, that he chooses his revelation of who he is to be father, not one to be worshiped. Though he is one to be worshiped, his revelation is as far as just. He could have sat distant and has been as worthy as worship as he is, but he came close because he wanted us to love him not just worship him. Because it's the love relationship that transforms our lives. You, Lord, are our father. Then it says this, we are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. Let me root this in Genesis for a minute, like all good theology. Genesis 2.7 says this, then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life And the man became a living being. Let me tell you, every one of us has been shaped by God uniquely. There's nobody in this room a carbon copy of anybody else, even if you're an identical twin. You are different and you too know it. The others might not, but you too know it. It doesn't matter how you feel about yourself, look about yourself. God has commissioned you and he has made you and he has shaped you for what he has called you to do. We think that what has happened in our lives is the stuff that gets in the way of what God is asking of us. But I wanna challenge you to change your thinking this morning by getting that revelation that that is just not the case. He is the potter, and we are the clay. Genesis 2, where it says he shaped you, It actually says, he potted you. It's the same word, that he shaped you, he potted you out of clay, that there was a moment of making where God's hands were all over your life. God has never taken his hand off your life. In every moment, in every point of shaping, God's hand has been on your life because that's what he uses to shape it. And we look at some of it and we say things like this. I wish I'd never. Wish I'd never gone for that run. Wish I'd never got that credit card. Wish I'd never met that person. I wish I'd never. And God's going, hang on. But my hand was on you then. As much as my hand was on you when well, in those moments she said, when well, I wish I had. I wish I had responded to what I think God was saying to me. I wish I had done. I wish I had gone through with the appeal that I went forward for that I never applied to my life. I, I wish I... I had. Jeremiah 1.5 says this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Every now and again in in the, the role that I play, both for our church and for our movement of churches, I have the privilege of sitting in some interesting rooms. Interesting rooms that have people in that you think to yourself, I've seen you on TV. They're funny rooms to be in them. Really odd. I get to be a little bit in and out of parliament. And so, uh, usually I dress a little bit better than this. Um, Into parliament, got to look right for that sort of thing. Kind of meet people and think to yourself, gee, how did I get here? Do you ever have those moments in your life? "How How did I get here? How did I get into this meeting, this moment, these people? If they knew what I was really like, they wouldn't even talk to me. If they knew I was from Bolton. I mean, there's stuff that you think to yourself. That is incredible, isn't it? Where we measure where we are based on who we are. We look at opportunity and opportunity comes your way and you think, I can't take that opportunity because of something in my history that shapes my view of my future. Can't take that. I can't take that because I'm not good enough for that. I'm not good enough for that person. I'm not good enough for that job, that circumstance. I better apply lower for a job because of the skills that I have or because of the qualifications that I have. I better, don't pitch your hopes too high and get yourself like just, and we start to measure our lives on a before. And before is important because before has shaped us. Because our lives are shaped by the people and the places that we've been. Those we've been around, what we're from, I'm I'm from Bolton. I was born just up the road in the hospital in Bolton uh, that my dad was born in. Uh, My mum's a southerner. She's not in the service. No, my mum's a southerner. She's from London. So I grew up, my first few years, I grew up with a proper accent. Like, very posh. Because if you've met my mum, you've heard her speak. And she has, in the last 53 years that she has lived in the North, she has picked up not a single word. She has retained her West London accent. And growing up as a child, my first few years, that was my accent. And then I went to school. And it was destroyed. No, it was rebuilt in a week. Those first few days were interesting for me. Came from a working class home. I went to a local school, a primary school, just a local primary school. Went on to local comprehensive school. It's easy to measure your life based on people and places. That we look back at stuff and we go, therefore, that means. When actually, God speaks into a before. Ever thought you can't be qualified for this? Moses thought that. Gideon thought that. Solomon thought that. Timothy thought that. Esther thought that. You run the stories of the Bible. Everybody has a moment where they go, not me, God. Now you can't be asking me. Sure. Come on, Lord. You cannot be asking me. And everybody comes back to God with their excuse, sorry, reasons why. God can't ask them. Moses is all about how he speaks. Gideon is about where he's from and his family. And God, do you not know my history? Do you not know what we've come from? Like, it's not just me. It's not me, God, it's it's my family. It's amazing when you think Timothy's all about his age, he's a little wrapped up in it, enough so that Paul decides to tell him, stop being wrapped up in how old you are. You get the odd person like Caleb who goes, listen, it doesn't matter how old I am. I'm gonna take that mountain because age is not a factor when it comes to what God's doing. You see, there's a shift in some people, but a lot of us, we get stuck in a reason. An age, a gender, a nationality, a skin color, a, an education level, a socioeconomic level, or something that we say, here's why I can't. Or here's what the blockages are that stop me. Jeremiah did exactly the same thing. He said these brilliant words, Ha! Ah! because sometimes we don't read these words as they're written, our sovereign Lord. I don't think he said that. I think he went, ah, sovereign Lord. (laughs) I am only a child. It's an interesting phrase that, right? I am only. You see, he uses a modifier, only, to change his description of self. The moment we use the word only, we speak into our humanity. How did God choose to reveal himself to Moses? He came to Moses and Moses says, hey, who do I tell Pharaoh was sent me? And the Lord says to him, hey, tell him I am, has sent you. So God speaks to us about what he asks us to do and we say, I am only. We modify God by our view of ourselves. His work comes into your life and he says, hey, you can do this and you can do that. This is what I'm calling you to do. This is the purpose of your life. And we go, I am the declaration of who he is only we modify and try and dumb down what God asks us to do. Only is a descriptor of your fallen humanity. The moment we say only, we're talking about our weakness, we're talking about our sin, we're talking about our brokenness, So every time we start to modify what God asks us to be with the word only, we're actually not entering into a conversation with God about what he's saying. We're entering into a conversation with God about our weakness. You see, we look at before. Eugene Peterson says this, apart from before, the now has little meaning. Now is only a thin slice of who I am isolated from the rich deposits of before it cannot be understood that's why you know ancestry.com is making so much money right now it's why tv shows like who do you think you are or long lost families people love it it's why we do dna tests to find out where am i really from like you kind of do all of these things because we're trying to reach into a before to define our now We're desperately trying to see something that explains to us why we keep using the word only. Because if I can get the blame based on something from there, I don't have to carry it myself. Because it ain't my fault. It's just the way that I am. It's just the way that I was made. It's just how I am. But I want to suggest to you that when God uses the word before, he uses it in a different way. You see, when God's talking to Jeremiah, he, he, and he says the words we just read, and we love, before, he says that word, he's saying, before you were ever in a priestly family, Jeremiah, before you were born in the town of Anatoth, before you were from the tribe of Benjamin, before you were Jewish, before you were one of the Semitic people, before you were a gender that you are, before I knew you. Oh, hang on. God when He speaks to us, doesn't speak to the context of our history. He's not speaking to the context of where you were born. He's not speaking to the context of your family. He's not speaking to the context of who you've met. He's not speaking to the context of your experience. He's not speaking to the context of your education. He's not speaking to the context of your socioeconomic level. He's not speaking to the context of what you get paid for what you do. God's talking to before, before, because we go, we can go all the way back to before really easily. Because we can see it. I can see before. I've seen pictures of before. I've seen pictures of my mum pregnant with me. I can see the before. I can see the house they were in before. I met my grandparents. So I've seen the context of before. In fact, I met my great-grandfather. I've seen the context of before. And God says, never spoke to any of that. See, when I speak to you, I'm not speaking to what you know. I'm speaking to your spirit. And I'm speaking to your spirit from where I knew you before. So sometimes when God speaks to you, does it ever not make sense? You go, Lord, you can't speak to me like that. You can't ask that of me. But what's happening is he's not talking to the you you know He's talking to the you he knows. He's talking to the you who came before the before. Let's work our way through Jeremiah just for a few moments. Is that all right? Jeremiah chapter one, it says this. Before, he says, you were in your mother. Sorry, I lost my verse. Before, he says, I knew you. He says this. Number one, He says, he says, sorry. Number one, he says, I knew you. Sometimes life feels like a puzzle to be solved, trying to work yourself out. How do I fit in that? And how does, how does all of that that happened to me, Lord, if you could explain why I went through that, then I can, I'd be happier. Because if I knew why, then that would give it a meaning and a reason. And, and I, could, I could deal with it then if I had a good Why? Like, why did we face those challenges with our kids? Lord, why, why did that go wrong? We planted a church, it, did, it didn't thrive. It's not even alive today. Lord, why did, you, why did we have to go through that? Lord, why, why did we have to leave that great space where we had loads of friends and loads of family, but you asked us to meet, Lord, why? And God says, before. No, Lord, I'd like an explanation. Listen. God is low on explanation and high on obedience. We've got to stop saying, God, explain it to me. We've got to start saying, Lord, I trust you. Because every time we need an explanation, you don't need trust and faith for an explanation. If he explains it to me, I don't need to have faith for it. I've got facts and the facts have overridden my faith. So I gotta lean into my faith. So before, in solving the answers to all of my questions, God says this, I knew you. And if you wanna know you, the only way to solve the puzzle of who I am is to go to God. The only way that we can work out who am I really, what am I really about with my life is not to try and analyse our past before, we've got to get before the before. Because once we get before the before, we meet who God has meant us to be and is shaping us to be again one day. In all of this process, God just keeps saying, listen, I know you, I know you. So if I'm talking to you about something, it's because I know you. If I'm asking you to do something, it's because I, I know what you're capable of. You might not think you can because of that, but I know you can because of before. Because before, for I knew you. God says this in Isaiah, I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. When he says he knows you, He knows the whole you. There's nothing about you that God does not know and God is not working in. But more than knowing you, it says this, I set you apart. It's great to be known, but it's great to know that you have purpose. I set you apart. One of our children eats their meals in the order of the parts of the food that they like. Anybody else in this room? You eat the, yeah, okay, one or two, yeah, yeah. You know, you you eat the bit you dislike first, get it out of the way, and then you work your way through the meal. You know, so that you start and you you separate stuff on your plate. I've seen you, I've seen you do this, some of you. It's odd, right? But it's you. God knows you, He knew you were gonna do that. He thinks it's odd, but He's gonna roll with it, right? (laughs) You separate it out. Gravy for some of you is like the bane of your life. You can't put the gravy on, everything gets mixed up. What do you do with that? That's really confusing. And then the lasagna, that's a whole meal in one thing. What do you do? Deconstructed lasagna, some of you go, I would buy that. <laughs> I set you apart. For some of you this morning, you've always felt you didn't fit in. Life has felt like a series of moments where I don't fit. And I believe the Lord says this to you this morning. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. Every time you've felt that, it's because I set you apart. Man, every time you've walked into the office and thought the culture of this office and who I am, these don't fit in. What is is this? That's absolutely right. I, I set you apart. Sometimes you feel it, listen, some of you just feel it in our families at times, don't we? And you think to yourself, I should fit in here, like really I should fit in here. Like we're all the same, blood, what happened here? Well, that's because you're just dealing with before. You haven't got to before before. Because before before shifts the context out of blood and into born again. It changes everything. So at that point, you suddenly go, "I, I don't fit in, why don't I fit in? Oh, it's because you weren't supposed to fit into that. Because he's speaking to who he knows, not how you feel about what he knows. Some of you feel you don't fit into a culture that you're part of. You're wrestling with it. You think to yourself, what is, what is that about? Why am I so different? It's because you're set apart. Now we see set apart most of the time. We see it as a bad thing. You know, the sports choosing line. Set apart, you're the last. Makes a statement about you. We see set apart, you know, you should just held slightly off, slightly off. But I believe we've got to change set apart to a whole new piece of language. God has got something so specific for you. Something so unique for you. Something so only you can do that at times you are going to feel that you just don't fit. And God says, absolutely. I did not make you to fit the space they are trying to fit you into. I did not make you to bend and to mould and to change like that. I set you apart. I prepared you. I set you up. That's who I've made you to be. Stop trying to fit in with what they think because that's not who you are. I set you apart. Theologically, the word means consecrated. It's not just set apart, a hmm, bit of a choice. It's set apart for divine purpose. That there is something that God, before, before, set you apart for. A purpose that he saw only you can do. You have been, hear me well here. You have been saved for something special. You've not been saved just to get on. You've been saved for something special. And life is about finding those moments where we understand I am in the moment that God set me apart for, that he consecrated me. Listen, it says here that he set me apart before he was born. Like Jeremiah, no choice in the matter. You, no choice in the matter. God had consecrated you before. Listen, try and get your head around that. Before you were born, before any of your reasons for not being able to do it, God had consecrated you. He had set you apart. The word consecrate um, is the, the action word. This is what happens. But the name word for consecrate is the noun saint. Listen, you were set apart as a saint before you did anything to deserve sainthood. It's not about, we've got to get so past what we do as being deserving of anything. We have got to just go to, well, before anything. Before I did anything good or right or even okay, he made me a saint. So when Paul writes to Corinth and Ephesus and Galatia, to the saints in, to the ones who've been set apart, to the ones who are different to everything else around them, to the ones who've got purpose, to the ones who've got a reason, to the saints in, which means this, you don't enter life as a spectator. You entered life for purpose. You entered life to do what God has uniquely shaped you to do. He called you, he set you apart, and I, he says, appointed you. Before, 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 he appointed you. No saying the matter, no ability to say, Lord, no, 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 Lord, I got a better plan. I got a different idea. He said, no, 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 I appointed you. Jeremiah responds, verse six of chapter one. Sovereign, Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I am too young. The Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you and do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you. Do not say. Do not say I'm only Do not say, I'm just too, or I haven't got, or I'm not ready, or I'm not prepared, or I've not psychologically got myself lined up right to do this, Lord. Do not say. God wipes these things off because he's not talking to you before. He's talking to you before before. That's who he's calling out. So he looks into you and I, and he says, let me talk to the person in you. Like the person that, that I know, that I set apart, that I consecrate, let me talk to that person. Come, come on, let me call that out of you. Let me pull that out of you, because that's who you know you are. That's why when you do stuff you don't mean to do, you say what Paul said, ah." Oh, what a mess I am. I want, do want to do this and I don't do it. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing it. How did I get like this? Because that's your humanity. But God said, well, before that, before all of that, let me talk to that person. Come on, let me see that shift and that change. You're gonna say well, exactly what I was said, Lord, that is impossible. Because I got all this stuff to get over. Hudson Taylor said this. He said, there are three stages to every great work of God. First it's impossible, then it's difficult, then it's done. We live when we only look at before, looking at the impossible and the difficult. God looks at the done. I knew you. I set you apart and I appointed you. And we have to shift our thinking Not in our heads, where we process it. Not in our hearts, where we feel it. But in our spirits, where his spirit calls to our spirit and calls us out to do what he wants us to do. Jeremiah 18, let me read you some verses, then we're gonna pull this in. Bandy, you wanna come join me, that'd be great. Jeremiah 18 says this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down. To the potter's house and there, I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands, marred, meaning, not perfect. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, and he said. Can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand. There are times in our lives where it feels like we go back to the potter's house and he gets a hold of your life and he goes, great. You ever felt that? That moment where it feels like, gee, I feel like I'm getting crushed. The weight of what I'm going through, all the challenges that we're facing, man, this is, this is, this is hard. And as we've said so many times throughout this last 12 months, God is working all things together. The potter is taking hold of the clay that has found itself in a certain shape and you're in that shape because of this life. It's hit you and beat you. It's pushed you and hurt you. It's talked to you about the colour of your skin and the gender that you have. It's talked to you about how much money you have and don't have. It's talked to you about the quality of your house or the lack of quality. It's talked about some of your character issues. It's hit you in all sorts of different ways. And all you can see are the marks and the mars and the dinks and the chips. And the potter comes along and he goes, I can deal with that. Because you've got into a shape that's not the shape I know you to be. Because when I knew you, that shape was never there. It's not who you're supposed to be. It's not how you're supposed to work. we got to get before, before. we got to get before those things were said to you, that moment happened, before you lost that job, before you got that illness, before that person left you, before history hit you hard. we got to get before the before, because before the before, the has got His hands upon your life. And He is looking at your life now and you're going, oh, flipping heck, that hurts. He's going, that's my hand. Because I'm shaping you right now. We read these verses and we think, Lord, what are you doing? I'm, I'm just reshaping you. Lord, I really wish you could reshape me in a very gentle way. I wish you could just, you know, take those edges off smoothly. The Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron, right? Iron sharpens iron as one one man sharpens another. And we read oh, yes, Lord. That's a great verse. I love it. You ever seen it? Like, Sparks fly Iron comes off The sharpening The shaping The moulding process Is all the stuff we often say isn't God This can't be the Lord I think the Lord's going, no, no, me I'm shaping you Because I'm not shaping you for where you are I'm shaping you for where you're going to be so you might fit into this shape because it squeezed you in. But where are you gonna be? Come on. Boy, you gotta change for that. I gotta, you gotta let me. Romans tells this, Romans chapter nine. Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay, some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? God is at work in every single one of us. Our responsibility is to get His hand upon our lives so that it shapes us and that it changes us and that it transforms us. We have got to stop looking at before as the defining factor of all we've gone through. And we have got to get before, before to see the person who He knows, to see the person He set apart and to see the person that He has appointed Why don't you stand to your feet right across the room because we're going to push into His presence because I feel the weight of the Holy Spirit in the moment right now. You see there's some stuff that you're going through. You said, Lord, just take it away. And the Lord says, I'm not taking it away. I'm working through it. I'm working through this right now because who I'm making you is beautiful in my eyes. Some of us were suddenly realising he, He knows me. He actually knows me. And this person that I think I know isn't who He created me to be. He knows the real me. And you say, Lord, come and work on me. The realisation, you're a saint, that you have been set apart, you have been consecrated, you've been created by Him for something really specific. And you've been appointed for purpose. It's not a casual thing that God has done with you. He has set you up. So we're gonna pray. If you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, but you know, hey, I'm realising that my life has purpose and that God is working and moulding me, you need to understand this, that it was because of the before, the stuff we've done, the things we got wrong, the mistakes that we made, we use the Bible word sin, the sin in our lives, that Jesus came and He came, to do the work of God which was to transform our lives. Why? When He died on the cross and He paid for all of our mistakes and our failures and in that moment He made us right with God.